Friday. Uh, tonight, what I wanted to do, uh, it seems like people ask a lot of questions and wonder uh, about Revelation. And what I was going to do tonight, I'm going to look at the last seven judgments of Revelation, which is called the bowls or the vials. Uh, you know, there's three sets of uh, judgments. And each one of them come in sevens. Why seven? Seven is God's number. And that seven stands for completion. And uh, the first of the series of judgments is the seals. You've got seven judgments there. The next one is the trumpets. You've got seven judgments in the trumpets. The last one is the bowls. And there are seven judgments there. Each judgment, series of judgment, get a little worse. They get more severe. And uh, we'll see it here in a minute, but what a lot of people ask and uh, wonder about, what about the rapture? You know, the church, those that are saved, those that know the Lord and Savior, will go in the rapture. Then right after the rapture takes place, the tribulation will begin. Uh, there is seven years of tribulation. The first three and a half years are a whole lot milder. But that's when the Antichrist starts taking position, coming in, and everything. And at the end of the first three and a half years, Something happens. The Antichrist breaks his truce with Israel. And then that's when the tribulation begins. In other words, that's when everything breaks loose. And God starts his judgments. Now, you know, we talk about God's judgments right now that are coming. And a lot of people are, oh, yeah, I've heard this, I've heard this. We better start paying attention because it's getting closer and closer each and every day. And these judgments are not anything to laugh at, make fun of, and a lot of people don't take them serious, just like they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They say, there will be no judgments. And a lot of people do not believe in, you know, the afterlife. They say, when you're dead, you're dead, that's it. Well, that's not what the Bible says. And I think I'm going to go with what God says and not go with what the world says. So, but anyway, what I want to do is, uh, I'm, and this is just kind of an overview. I mean, I'm not going into it real deep. Because that would take quite a while. We'd have to break it up pretty good. And, uh, but what I do want to do is just kind of give you an idea. And if you want to, we'll go into it deeper. But, uh, you know, the book of Revelations was wrote by John. John was the only apostle, the only disciple that did not die a terrible, tragic death. All the other ones died in severe pain, agony, simply because they would not deny Jesus Christ. They was told, hey, if you will deny Jesus Christ and his resurrection, we'll let you live. Well, they knew 
that the resurrection had happened. They knew that Jesus Christ had come. He was the Son of God and that he had rose again. And they knew that if they denied him, you know, we know what the Bible says, you deny me, then I will deny you before the Father. Never deny God. He says, if you deny me, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. So we always want to acknowledge Jesus Christ, that he is truly the Son of God. And if, and if you believe in him, you need to let other people know it too. Uh, <clears throat> the tribulation, like I said, will last seven and a half years. Or seven years, excuse me. And uh, the first three and a half years are fairly mild. I mean, they're not real bad. But the second set of uh, three and a half years, that's it. That's, that's when everything breaks loose. All the judgments start happening and all the chaos. And, uh, <clears throat> and I told you a while ago that uh, during this judgment, God will pour out his wrath upon the earth. He will pour out his wrath upon the earth. But you don't have to worry if you believe in Jesus Christ because you're not going to be here. Do y'all realize that, that in, in the book of Revelation, the church is in God is warning those that are still here on earth. But God's people are with him. So, uh, but there will still be, God, uh, God's going to judge the world because of its sin. And the world has committed a lot of sin. And uh, he's going to judge the world or the humanity because we will not repent. There are so many people that will not repent. And whether you believe it or not, even during the tribulation, there's going to be many that will not repent. I'm on, I'm, I'll read it to you in just a minute in, in, in some of the scriptures. But... Uh, the seven bowls of God's judgment. We're going to look in Revelations chapter uh, 16 mostly. But here in Revelation 15, John, I told you, he sees a vision. He sees seven angels in heaven and they've got seven plagues or seven bowls. They have the plagues in them. And uh, the, this, this seventh judgment is God's last judgment upon the earth. When this judgment is through, all the judgments are over with. God is going to have his say in these judgments and what's going to happen. Uh, John says here in Revelation, I'm going to just do this one here in, in, in uh, chapter 15. It says, in Revelation 15, verse 1, this is, this is John, he says, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up with the wrath of God. Now notice, he said, this is the seven last judgments. So when these seven judgments are through, then God is in the process of getting ready. Jesus is getting ready to come back. But John hears a voice from heaven that tells the seven angels to pour out 
their judgment. These angels are watching God. When God points at those angels, that is when they pour their judgment out. This is timed out. And God will tell them when to pour out their judgments. Here in Revelation 16.1 it says, I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. He said, get ready. Go. And get ready to pour out your wrath upon the earth. And here in the first bowl that they pour out, the angels, here in Revelations chapter 16, verse 2. Just about everything else is going to be here in chapter 16. That's where the really the seven bowls, you can read about them and see what's going on. In the first bowl, Revelation 16, 2, it says, And the first angel went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome or painful and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Notice, this sore, very grievous, very, very painful, God pours it out upon the man's men that have accepted the Antichrist and worshipped him. If they have not accepted the Antichrist yet, they do not get this bowl. It's like a big bowl and very, very sore and very painful. But if they have not pledge their allegiance to the Antichrist, if they have not accepted the Antichrist, if they have not worshipped the Antichrist, if they have not taken the mark of the beast, they do not receive this sower. And uh, <clears throat> he says, the first bowl only affects those who have chosen to follow and worship the Antichrist, and not those who have not yet chosen the Antichrist. They may not have chosen God yet, but they have not kneeled or worshipped or accepted the mark of the beast. And two, if they ever accept the mark of the beast, there is no chance of a second salvation. They've lost it. If they accept the mark of the beast, there is no second chance for salvation in the tribulation. Because they've already decided and made up their mind, I want the Antichrist, I'm going to follow him, I don't want nothing to do with God. God says, I give you a free will, so be it. I will honor what you want. So there is a bunch of stuff going to come up on those who accept the Antichrist, who worship him, so whatever you do, never take the mark of the beast. In, Revel in the second bowl is Revelation 16.3. says, uh, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. God pointed this second angel. He takes his vial. He turns it up 
and pours it out on the sea. And it becomes blood. It says it became the blood as that of a dead man. After a man has died and his blood stays in him, it becomes real thick and starts turning black. He pours that out on the sea. You know what this does? It cuts the oxygen off to all living things in the sea. Everything in the sea dies. Notice it said that uh, every living thing in the sea died. All the fish, all, everything that lived in the sea, plant life, it all died. This second bowl kills the remaining life in the sea. Back in the trumpets, God had them pour out the, 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 the bow, or well not the bow, but they, they sounded the trumpet and a third of the sea turned to blood. Just a third. Now they pour out this blood and the whole sea is now turned to blood. God killed the, a third of the sea back in the trumpets. And then he comes along with the bowls and he kills the rest of it. All, life, all living vegetation fish, every life in the sea will die. And the third bowl, this is Revelations chapter 16, verse 4. It says, and the third angel poured out his vial. Listen to this. The third angel poured out his vials upon the rivers and the fountains of water and they became blood. You know what just happened? The fresh water, drinking water. Fresh water comes from the river. The sea does not flow into the river. The rivers flow into the sea. That's why you find all the salt water mostly in the rivers. You might get just a little bit. But the sea never really flows into the rivers. The rivers flow into the sea. That's what keeps the rivers water fresh. And... Fountains, fresh water, fountains of water. He said they all become blood. The third bowl turns all the sources of fresh water into blood. And you know, the angel that poured this out says God is just in what he did. God, that God is just in his judgment because the evil people of the earth have shed the blood of the believers. They shed the blood of the believers. Now they will drink that blood of the believers they shed. It's going into the fresh water now. Here in Revelations in chapter 16 verse 5 this is the angels talking about this. He says, And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because you have judged justly. 
you judge justly on how you handle this for what they have done to your people. Yeah, they were beheading and killing the believers. Those that wouldn't take the mark of the beast. Those that wouldn't bow down to him. Those that wouldn't accept him as a leader. Most of them were killed. They were either beheaded or however he had them killed. But they, he shed their blood. And they say, this blood now goes into your fresh waters, your drinking waters, and you shall drink the blood of those that you shed. And uh, here in bowl number four, this is in chapter 16, verse 8. It says, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. You ever been burned? They messing around with a campfire or this or that? You ever just been burned just a little bit? Hurts, doesn't it? What do you think it's going to be like when the It's going to be so painful. It's going to be so painful. It's a, the fourth bowl causes the sun to burn people with its fierce heat. And they curse God, but still do not repent and give God glory. They curse God for the pain and the agony they're going through. Instead of repenting and asking God to forgive them, they curse him. They won't even bow down to him. They won't repent. Again, God says, be it unto you. You have a free will. I will not force, God will not force anybody to serve him. He's not going to force anybody to. And there's going to be many times these people are going to curse God because of the pain and the agony and the hurting and the suffering that they are going through. Instead of repenting and coming back to God, God, I made such a mistake. Forgive me. They curse him. And the fifth bowl is in Revelation 16.10. It said, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom. And it was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues in pain, or they chewed and they bit their tongues, because he's even coming down on the Antichrist kingdom now. The fifth bowl covers the Antichrist kingdom in darkness. Total darkness. The darkness is so agonizing that the people literally biting their tongues in pain. But they also continue to curse God and not repent. You know, I think if somebody was going through this kind of pain, I think, it, to me, you know, it looks like they would certainly consider repenting. That they would certainly consider doing away, getting rid of that pain. But the people are so evil that they had rather go through the pain and the suffering 
than to bow down before the true God. They're going to pay very dearly. They're paying it right now. But they're really going to pay dearly. And when that day comes and they stand before Jesus Christ for that great right throne judgment, they're going to wish. And at that time now, just like the Bible says, for every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every single atheist, everybody, is going to bow before God, before Jesus Christ. And admit, thou art God. I'd rather do it right now. <laughs> I mean. And then the sixth bowl. This is Revelation 16, verse 12. It says, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water therefore was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. They were now preparing the Euphrates River. They were drying it up. The kings from the east and their armies would be coming up that Euphrates marching to come to war. That war will be, the, will be Armageddon. And it's getting prepared right now in these, uh, in these judgments. God is making the way for them to come in. And this army is going to have such a surprise. I mean, here Satan has convinced them and their kings, we can win this. If y'all will gather and come with me, we can win this. We can take this world over. We will own everything. And they believe it. You know, Satan is so convincing Everybody, so many people fall for what Satan tells us. And the Bible tells us right off that he's the father of all lies. The truth is not in him. Satan cannot tell God's people the truth. He cannot tell any truth at all. He is a habitual liar. And whatever he says comes against what God says. He'll try to copy what God says, but still it's different. It's not what God says. He changes it. And so we have to get to know what well, we know what the word of God is. So when these, when devil comes against you and he starts trying to quote scripture and tell you things, right away you're going to know, wait a minute. That's not what God said. That's not God's word. And, and that is when you ought to wake up right there and know that this is not God and to turn away from who's ever telling you this. The sixth bowl dries up the Euphrates River, preparing a way for Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet to deceive the remaining leaders of the world and prepare for the final battle against Jesus at a place called Armageddon. So, the river is being dried up, being prepared for them to come against Jesus. And in this last bowl, in bowl, in bowl 7, Revelation 16, 17, it says, And the seventh angel 
poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne of God. And God says, it is done. God has cast his judgment upon the earth. He is preparing for his son to be the last judge. Many people think that it will be God on the white throne. It will be Jesus Christ, his son. For Jesus says, for the Father has placed all judgment to me. God will be the final. Jesus, the son of God, God himself, he is God. He will be the final judge. And when they stand before that great white throne and Jesus judges them, he will do it fairly. He will do it like, like he knows to do it. Even though all that they did to him, his suffering, his pain, the cross, the mocking, the pulling out of the beard, the crown of thorns, everything that they did to Jesus, he will judge them fairly for what they did in their evil ways. And if their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, they're automatically cast into the lake of fire. If that name is not written there, if they have not accepted Jesus Christ, when we accept Jesus Christ, our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is there. It says he opened the books and the book. God keeps a record. The books. That's everything that you have said, the things you have done, the lies you've told, everything. But when he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life, guess what? It voids out that other book. All your sins have been voided out been erased, done away with, and God says, I will remember them no more. I will not bring them up again. Once you, once you confess your sins to God, that's it. He forgives you. He don't bring them back up. The seventh bowl brings the end of God's judgments upon the world. After the final bowl has been poured out, John has shown the fate of Babylon. That's what the scripture says. Babylon represents the world. So he's showing, actually, he's showing you the fate of the world. Which, you know, John, it says John sees a white horse, and the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. The one on the white horse that John sees is Jesus Christ coming back, getting ready to set up his kingdom here on earth. But the judgments are done. But you know, here is some more scripture. I'm just going to... Right fast is just three things I want to I want to say. There's still three things that even before God finishes that happen. 
It said there will be a great earthquake like no man has ever seen. Matter of fact, in the book of Matthew, it says the tribulation will be, he said, it will be so bad that, that it, it, it will be so great that the world has never seen anything like it and will never see anything like it again. Even the flood of Noah was, you know, that was bad. Only eight people survived it. But you know the earth is going to be burned up, done away with. We, the believer, will have a new home. It won't be here on earth. It'll be called the New Jerusalem. And most, most of your theologi theologians think that the New Jerusalem is sitting in heaven right now ready to come down. That's how close they figure that everything is getting. And it could happen at any moment. The rapture could happen. Matter of fact, that should be the next thing on, the, on God's calendar is a rapture. We don't know when it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It could happen at any moment. Because nothing else has to take place. Everything's in place right now for the rapture to take place. The only thing God has to do is look over his son, Jesus Christ, say, son, go get my people. Go get my church. That's all that has to happen. Everything else is, it's all in place. And it said, there'd be a great earthquake like no man has ever seen. And then in verse 16, 20, it says, And the islands fled away, and the mountains disappeared. That's the islands in the sea, and that's the mountains. They say the, the islands probably just went down. And most of them think that the mountains just went back down into the ground. But it, they just said the earth became flat again, or level. And this is... Hard, it's hard for most of us to believe that this is going to happen because God says it is. In 1621, it said, Great hailstones fell from heaven. Each hailstone weighing approximately 100 pounds. Can you imagine a hailstone falling, weighing right at 100 pounds? We see hailstones, let's say, just say baseball, softball size. Look at the damage that that does. Think what a hundred pound hailstone's going to do. We can't even begin to imagine it. We've never seen anything like it. But God says it's going to happen. The thing that we need to do right now is be ready when the rapture occurs and get out of this place. Get out of here. Go to heaven. Be with Jesus Christ. While all that tribulation and stuff is going on, you'll be in heaven. You won't be down here. It won't be affecting you. You need to be telling your loved ones, your family, your kinfolk, all of them, hey, if you know they have not accepted Jesus Christ, you need to tell them about Jesus. Say, I don't know how much time we got. I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's going to be tomorrow. I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's going to be in a month. Because we don't know when it's going to happen, but we do know it's coming and it's getting closer and closer. You start looking at the world today and the things going on and what Jesus said to look for, we're getting there. 
So the tribulation is really going to be quite something that's going to take place. But God's great mercy says if you do not worship the beast or the Antichrist, you do not bow down to him, you do not take the mark of the beast, oh, you will probably be killed, but if you will repent and come to me, you will be saved. So there's still a second chance, even through the tribulation, of being with Christ for all eternity. That's God's way. Yes, God's angry and he's mad. He's fixing to pour out his wrath like man has never seen. So, but if you, if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you won't be here to go through it. So this here is just something, if, you know, just pick up your Bible. Turn to the 16th chapter of Revelations and read what it says. I, I didn't cover everything. I just kind of highlighted stuff. Read for yourself what God says. And then ask yourself, do I want to go through that? Or do I want to go directly to heaven and be with Jesus Christ and bypass all that? That's up to us. Each, each person, you have to make your own choice. I can't make a choice for my wife. She can't make a choice for me. Tommy can't make a choice for Jamie. She can't for him. Dale, Beverly, any of us. Each individual person has to make their own choice. As much as I would love to make the choice for my grandkids, for my loved ones, I can't do it. I can pray for them and pray that God will just pull toward him. Shower him with love. Let him feel his love. Let him feel it. Once you feel God's love, you feel those arms wrap around you and you feel that security, that'll pretty well convince you right there that God loves you and he wants you with him and not go through the tribulation. Let us go to prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes and show us what is coming. Lord, that's what revelation means. Revelation means a revealing you are revealing to us through, through John what we are up against, what is happening, what is coming our way. You are warning us now. Lord, let us heed that warning and let us say, Lord, if, if there's sin in my life, forgive me. Receive me into your kingdom. Lord, let me serve you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And Lord, he'll do it. He will do it. Pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for our church. That anyone who walks into through those doors will feel the spirit of Jesus Christ in their life. That they will know that they know that Jesus Christ 
is, is truly real and that he is who he says he is, the sinless son of God who died for our sins and then rose again so that we would know that we also shall rise again and be with him. Father, thank you so much for loving us like you do. Forgive us. Watch over us. Be with us. Guide us that we may serve you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for being here tonight. I hope that you got something out of it. But read it for yourself. That's the best thing. And see what God, and let God speak to your heart through his word. So thank you all again for being here. And we'll do it again next week.